0: Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala and I'm
1: Allie Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies room so we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Okay, welcome back to the ladies room where Allie has just removed her clothing and refused to speak anymore. Until...
0: We were recording. That's Yes, what I said. until we
1: were recording. Yes, because, because I was you saying... said
0: you put on, go ahead. Well, I
1: put on jeans to be professional.
0: <laughs> and I said, well, in that case, I'm taking my pants off just so you can keep the right balance for this podcast.
1: When we first went into lockdown, I was going to say last year, but now it's two years ago. Oh, Fuck.
0: Seriously.
1: <laughs> when we first went into lockdown two years ago, I created a whole new category of clothing which is my professional t-shirts for work days (laughs) and I'm not joking I'm that is not a tongue-in-cheek comment I know because you don't need the bottoms well no I was still wearing pants but I didn't typically wear t-shirts to the office so I wasn't going to be wearing I remember like early in the lockdown when White House Black Market do you remember any of these they were posting their ads like perfect work from home outfit. And it was a lady in a sheath dress with like <laughs> spiky heels. Like, you know what? White House, black market. I love you, but you are way, way, You're way, really
0: missing it. way
1: off right now. <laughs>
0: right, because You're just she- trying to sell that stuff under a new, under what's happening now, a new circumstances, right. I, same outfit. It's not working. I
1: know you've got some inventory, but for fuck's sake, we're all sitting all day long now. I'm not wearing shoes and I sure as hell am not wearing a sheath dress
0: right i don't actually know what a sheath dress is
1: like those really straight they're super straight they don't have any give they're not an a-line skirt there's no they're just super straight and they're Do they usually, have like a belt i mean the belt is really? irrelevant the, the sheath oh. is they're shaped like a tube like a sheath oh. i don't wear
0: things like that no me neither <laughs> there's I no like, tube that works for my body <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if you even if you are though that's a job where you're like mostly standing, maybe you're, you know, showing houses or anorexic I don't know. What, something. But you're not. No, no, you don't have to be. No, anorexic. I'm just teasing. But you can't move in them is the point. And they're really uncomfortable to sit in. So <laughs> welcome to COVID. Right. Well, I, can I, can still, into
0: this outfit.
1: I can still see the picture of the ad in my mind. It was this woman and she had this long blonde hair that had obviously been all blown out and like curled and stuff. And she had on this sleeveless sheath dress that was like not even knee length. And she had her chin, her finger under her chin. And then she had these huge like platform stiletto shoes. like, yeah, she's on a Zoom call. Not. (laughs)
0: Right. I need these. I need these spike heels so I can pull them out and beat the camera with it. But heck?
1: I, but I genuinely did create like, these are my, cause I didn't wear t-shirts to the office and I didn't want to wear like yucky t-shirts at home. Cause I was still on the camera quite a bit, but I wasn't going to get into my regular, you know, here's right. my sweater and whatever. So I had some, in fact, I'm wearing one of them right now. One of my nice work from home t-shirts get into the okay. professional mindset for the podcast.
0: I um I, I don't know if we're uh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to make our two moods vibe today, but we'll try. Our what? <laughs> our two moods. You're getting your professional for the podcast. I took my pants off. I said to you earlier, we can talk about the patriarchy. I'm in a terrible mood. You can talk as much about the patriarchy on the podcast as you want.
1: Well, to be, I, I hope it's clear that I was partly joking about jeans and a t-shirt being me getting into a professional mood, although. We are Mm -hmm. just coming back from Christmas. I was
0: going to say, between the holidays and COVID, I actually had to really work around to find a pair of jeans the other day. I wear like a lot of stretchy black leggings. I'm like, yeah, these are, you know, like black work pants with my flowy, cute top over them. Perfect.
1: Well, okay. Let me be honest. Part of why I wear jeans for the podcast is so that I have a pocket to clip my microphone to
0: now it's all coming out. Right. I understand. So basically what you're saying is that I need to immediately find you a really nice pair of underwear that have a pocket so you can do the podcast
1: in your underpants. I don't think that it would even work though, because my mic, my mic pack is kind of heavy. And so it would just be pulling my underpants down the whole time. I bet I can get something made. (laughs) I know you're reminding reminding me of (laughs) one of the cuter things that your husband ever did. I'm
0: I'm so sorry. I'm just picturing (laughs) you in like one of those girdle pants that people wear. They're like underwear, but they're like a girdle.
1: Yeah. See, no, that's, I would never want to wear that for the podcast. (laughs) Now you're making me more on
0: picturing things like
1: strapped
0: to you and like, it just gets more elaborate. I'm really sorry. Talk
1: about a sheath dress, right? (laughs) Um, no, I, I'm remembering, uh, something that I said, semi-sarcastically. I, I said it tongue in cheek as a joke early in the, the um, early in the first shutdown, I said, listen, put your pants on once a week and put your jeans on, put on a pair of jeans, a pair of pants that zips and buttons at least once a week. I promise you, you're going to be glad you did that. <laughs> and I said it like kind of half jokingly. And then you told me, John was like, that's really good advice. I'm today is my jeans day. I'm going to wear jeans today. <laughs>
0: it's so great um we're in zion we're staying at a hotel and i'm watching john outside my window like you know be john and he's rather adorable and it was just our two-year anniversary which i when we went out to dinner i told everybody it was our 14th anniversary because i'm counting last year and this year in, in dog years covid
1: years seriously but um
0: he's rather adorable
1: i know and i'm looking at i still have your wedding invitation tacked up to my bulletin board.
0: I don't know if, I guess people do know on the podcast that you married us and John's best friend married us. And then well, it was really sweet. So I had to call and Thank you. And yeah, thank, you did a good job, Lynn. We're still married after 14 years of COVID.
1: <laughs> Yay. Go me. Yeah. And that means anybody who wants to get married, I can actually marry them. Right. I don't, uh, didn't you a- give me all the paperwork? <laughs>
0: You're like, I'm not going to need this again. Here's the whole folder of all the papers.
1: I don't, I know I gave you some permit. I don't know, whatever it, I don't, it was like, I think $30 or 75. If you want Lynn to marry you, it's going to be $5 million, $5 million. That includes a blend though. (laughs) I was going to say,
0: and get a blend. (laughs) (laughs) The blend was the best part. I was like, out the door to go on our little vacation thing and I'm like I need my blend I can't leave without my wedding blend
1: so. I know that was so fun because it was um, kind of funny because I was planning to do some kind of oily thing as a surprise and then you're like could you please I'm like look at I've already got it handled don't worry <laughs> yes. um, but that was kind of neat because it was like a, it wasn't just a blend it was part of the ceremony.
0: I know people were like, what was that? It really I know. blew everybody's minds.
1: I love that all those little old ladies from Connecticut came up to me and said, what religion are you?
0: <laughs> you must be some weird religion. If huh? one, you're a woman in front of church and two, you're using essential oils because yeah. none of those things ever happened in the Bible.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, they weren't. They weren't mean or nasty. There was no, they, they were very. No, no, they and, were
0: fascinated. Yeah. yeah. What, what religion are nice. you?
1: I, said, I follow Jesus Christ. I'm Christian. And uh,
0: yeah.
1: I'm also a little witchy.
0: <laughs> you, did, you weren't even there two years ago where you would have said that.
1: No, that's true. I was not yet fully embracing my wooey witchiness. I said you
0: were talking about the patriarchy today and you haven't said one Snarky thing about the patriarchy, and I'm, I'm sure we've been recording for five minutes.
1: I mean, I don't just launch into like, "Hey, welcome back to the ladies' room. Burn the patriarchy down." All right. <laughs> it depends ding, on your mood. ding ding <laughs> ding ding. ding,
0: ding, ding. <laughs> well, I want to burn some things down today, so let's keep going.
1: Yeah, seriously. So, um, here's a little thing that is a little bit about I don't know. It, it can be a launching off point, but it's also about generosity. So Riley is, um, she runs the D&D, the Dungeons and Dragons Club at her school. And she first started playing over Zoom way before COVID on out school, Mm -hmm. this fantastic clearinghouse for different things. And she was super into it. And then she joined the club at her new school right before COVID. And then during the shutdown, they canceled all the clubs like. We were all just trying to hold our shit together. there's no extracurricular anything happening. And then when they went back, she started it up. I like how you
0: said "were." We were all trying to keep our shit together. I am still trying to keep my shit together. Well,
1: I meant very specifically in online schooling. Like okay, when we were doing online schooling, we were just trying to to hold it together. There was no room for let's let's still make sure we have clubs. Nobody was nobody was even trying to figure that out. Right. So when she went back, um, she wanted to start the club up again because the kids who had run it before were all in high school now, you know, it'd been a couple of years. And right. so she's the dungeon master, the DM, kind of the creator of it all. So I went into, uh, onto Reddit, onto the subreddit. That's about D&D. And I said, Hey, you know, this is the situation. Do you guys have any tips for me? And that community was so incredibly generous. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe, I mean, there, I guess I should believe it because this is a community who's super excited about what they do. It's like the friend that came over and taught her how to play video games. Um, Mm -hmm. And he said, one of his motivations is I, I want these to keep getting made. So I want to invest in the next generation who's going to be a demand for this. Um, so that I can get what I want. So I guess it's kind of surprising because they're so passionate, but they poured so much. Here's all these resources. Here's links. Here's my favorite books. Here's some things I did. Here's some tips. Here's how to talk to her. Just paragraphs, people writing me just paragraphs of stuff. So generous. Um, And one of the things that I thought was really great was one person said, make sure she knows to watch out for the gatekeeper's Because there's going to be a lot of people who come after her because she's a girl and say she's not really interested and she's just trying to get attention. And whoever it was, I don't know if it was a woman or a man, because most people hide that on Reddit, (laughs) Um, women especially, um, (laughs) make sure she knows she belongs. And I was like, I love that. And I I know exactly what they're talking about because I've encountered a ton of gatekeeping um, in math and software as well. Not as much in math, actually, but in software for sure. Um, I think certain parts of math they're a lot more gatekeepy. Like, like you think of math as one big thing, but it's actually not. It's all kinds of different, like little slices, and mm-hmm. some of them tend to be a little more like bro and dickish, <laughs> and other ones <laughs> bro and dickish, bro That's and fantastic. dickish, yeah, bro and dickish. Um, but in software for sure, and then even in video gaming, there's a lot of gatekeeping yeah. where these guys will come out and be like this doesn't count as a game this doesn't count as a game this doesn't count as a game it's like what the fuck why do you care what i do for a game
0: yeah uh, why do they
1: yeah I, I don't know i i can't i can't get into the mind of um okay they call them neck beards some people have asked <laughs> to not say that anymore because they said some people have trouble with their grooming but they tent- <laughs> No, wow. really like No, no, really like people with autism and stuff sometimes have difficulty with grooming. And so they sometimes grow out beards that are maybe outside the, what we would consider Mm. to be normal. Um, But yeah, I I can't get in the mind of, of those people. I mean, I don't want to start talking about, we we can stick to the patriarchy if you want to, but you also wanted to talk, speaking of washing off shit, you wanted to talk about your bidet also.
0: Well, I figured if we were talking about the patriarchy, it was a perfect time to talk about my bidet.
1: Yeah, because we're washing down the shit. We're hosing off the shit.
0: <laughs> so, wait, I, was it a
1: tushy? Uh, was that the brand?
0: Aren't tushies the little ones you hold and squeeze like just your own carry-on bidet?
1: I don't know, but I the reason I ask is one of my friends posted a picture of the bidet that they got on clearance, and it was called a tushy.
0: I think it might be like basically a little water bottle that you fill and collapse and squeeze. I mm. have one of those, but who, we never use that. It's not for, enough people, who poop, for, the it for people who
1: for people for people
0: who poop. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that there's a big difference between an italian style bidet, which is like a little sink that you basically can either straddle or sit at and then run the water in, and a French style bidet, which like shoots water up at your privates so. You can't retrofit a toilet to do the second thing, but you can in the US, the first thing, but you can make. And I like Italian bidets better because you can like wash your feet. You can do like whatever you want in there. Wash off your chichi cow, as my mom calls it.
1: Your chichi cow.
0: Chicha cow. No, there's not a cow involved. Chicha cow. I don't know. It's from my great great grandmother uh, who's Italian. So. Who knows if that was her own thing or some Italian thing from a little village somewhere, but there you go. All right. Anyway, so I decided that we were just going to get John a bidet for Christmas. So I bought one. Get John a bidet for Christmas? (laughs) Stop your (laughs) filthy lies. That That is is exactly what happened. I wrapped it up. I saved it for the last present. And he opened it and laughed. He was like, "Haha, we know exactly who this is for. And I was like, that's for you too. You love it. You love the bidet. And he's like, it's true. I do love the bidet, but I don't like, I'm not obsessed the way you are. I'm like, fine. That's so- like the
1: time Eric was getting stuff for his car, his sports car. And he said, I want to get <laughs> a fully automatic passenger seat for you. I said, listen, <laughs> if you... Want to get a fully automated passenger seat. That's fine. Knock yourself out. I don't care. But let's not pretend (laughs) that it's for me. (laughs) Unless it's gonna give me a
0: massage or some kind of sexual favors. It's not for me.
1: I mean a heated one, maybe that's for me. A vibrating one, definitely for me. But anything for (laughs) car, not for me. Not for me. Not it. So
0: I tried to get John to install it. Then I tried to get um, you know, I bribed Jacob, like, I'll pay you money if you install it. And it's supposedly really easy. And my friend who, when I was deciding to buy it said, oh, I'll totally help you has COVID. So he's useless. So I'm left with this bidet and I don't like things. I'm an activator and I don't like things to be un- not completed around me. And a giant box of a toilet seat, like really bothered me. So and Naturally, I finally said, "Fuck it!" I installed the water softener thing. A few in, in COVID, and the plumber could never get to our house, so finally I had to just install the water filter purifier thing myself. I was like, "I can totally do this."
1: Yeah, and you wanted to tell so, my husband, and I know
0: I don't tell that story.
1: And he, when we were talking on the phone, when you were about to do it, and you said, "I wish that I could have Eric come over because he is extremely handy." Um, have we talked right. about, have we talked about his dream job on here?
0: Yes. He wants about to work working at Ace, at, Hardware.
1: at Ace Hardware. Um, he's not joking about that either, that if we ever get to the place where not, if when we get to the place where my business is supporting us and he doesn't have to work anymore, he will get a job at Ace. He already has the Ace, not any, it's not any Ace Hardware. He's got the specific one out. picked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind Perfect. of far from the house too. It's a long commute, but that's the one he wants. Um, it's kind of like
0: me. Like, I know every office supply store within a hundred mile radius of my house. <laughs> I would know exactly where I wanted to hang yeah,
1: out. Yeah. This ace versus that ace. So, um, I don't want to work at an him. office
0: supply store. I just know them all very well.
1: You should have seen him perk up, though. I said, Yeah, Allie was joking. She wishes you were there because she's got some plumbing to do. He's like, Plumbing, you say? His <laughs> eyes opened up, his, his whole attic.
0: <laughs> right. And my husband was like, I don't even know where you put the toolbox, Allie. So he wasn't there. I decided it's happening today. So I successfully sat on the bathroom floor and unscrewed the one thing, screwed the other widget thing in. It's all hooked up. Nothing's leaking. I'm super happy. And then I sit on the bidet, which is highly entertaining. It has like all these functions, like a dryer. And the best part though, is the seat is heated. I don't know why a heated toilet seat is such a thrill, but it is maybe even better than the bidet, but the bidet leaks. Like I had to put a pot under the thing. Like I had to call my dad and go, okay, I don't know what to do. You and I had to conspire about if I was going to call the apartment and tell them there was a leak and then like bribe the repair guy, you know, to just fix it for me and not tell them that I caused the leak. Like, I don't know. What I'm gonna do about this but right now the waters this is how the story ended though I maybe forgot to tell John that I turned the water off as we were getting ready to leave and he went (laughs) to use the bathroom and was like what's going on and like he took the toilet lid off to see if he could figure out why the toilet wasn't flushing and it slid off and broke and shattered in like a zillion pieces so now we're conspiring about how we can make it into the model and steal the lid off the toilet and put it back on ours instead of just fessing up and buying a new one. one? just fess
1: up and buy a new one i
0: don't i wasn't involved in that whole process of john conspiring with that with our friend who was out with covid and not um helping install the bidet in the first place i think he should actually have to buy it but now i still have a leaking bidet but i made my i wish i could have all my friends over like when i first met john we've told this story the first time he went to his house, he had a zero gravity bed and he's like, get in my bed. And I was like, I don't know what kind of date you think this is, but like, that's how I feel right now. When people come over, I'm like, get on my toilet seat. But I, I made my mom go and like, I pushed all the buttons. Like I said, like right outside the bathroom, door, like, now this is happening because there's a remote control. So I can control it from when I'm not even in the bathroom, which is rather entertaining.
1: Yeah. That seems like the right for, for practical jokes and pranks,
0: <laughs> but it's terrible because to fix it, I have to take it all back apart. And I'm kind of worried that I actually bought the wrong size of bidet, even though I measured and did all the things. And I feel like by the time I take it all back apart, I'm just going to take it back to Costco and like, just get a heated toilet seat and wait, to go back to Italy. Because I mean, it's really ridiculous.
1: I hope they don't restock it.
0: <laughs> I didn't like it, but somebody else will. No problem. It's not like it touches you anywhere. It just shoots water up at your private. Still. Still. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's my story about, about the bidet.
1: Happy okay. New Year. Well, see you next time then in the ladies room.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, we were supposed to talk about getting complete and and share our experiences, but we're totally saving that for next week because apparently 2021 is going to take way more work than any other year in my life getting complete on.
1: Seriously. We're
0: not there yet.
1: No, I, I, I've barely started. I mean, so and much- in
0: all fairness, you usually save this process for later. So we're just getting you a little head start. And I never do it all in a week. But I was like, yeah, I'll get a journal. I'll work on completing my year. Like, no. Like, it's well, been so hard
1: to get complete on so many things. Because I do feel
0: like, the, like you said, the circumstance line has to give at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the circumstances chances turn to change. Right. And there is a place, too, where you don't want to gaslight yourself. You're like, what a beautiful no, year I you had. you
0: don't. What a beautiful year. And it's interesting because we got married on, the, on January 4th. And I did ask John because he mentioned it was our anniversary. And I was like, oh, yeah, when was that again? Was it the 5th or the 4th? Or when was that? And he was, like, horrified that I didn't know. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not that girl. I don't know if you missed the memo when we got married. But so... Um, we usually sit down together and like write a big list of like all, we just process the year together. It's really lovely. Like here's a record and we write it down in our journal. Like here's a record of all the things from the year, like all the things that happened. And that has really just been like lovely. So we started to do that and we were just like, dear Lord. And then this week we also transitioned Josie from who's my 14 year old, who's mentally ill um, from one temporary program that she's been into a longer term residential program. And that's really why we're in Southern Utah, but we stayed a few extra days in Zion.
1: But um, for your anniversary, there's two,
0: we're like, since we have to move Josie, let's stay down here and, and just lay on the bed and pretend like we're going to do anything other than sleep and just try to recover emotionally from the last few weeks
1: you know and yeah there was so much and for me personally like you said I don't like doing it at new year partly because for me that's like doing it in the middle of a vacation like I've always thought Mm -hmm. new year's resolutions were kind of stupid because what a dumb time to try to take on a great you know some big new habit it's like the darkest time of the year the coldest time of the year You're about to go into two of the traditionally most blah months, January and February. Like, why are you trying to reinvent yourself? And it doesn't even line up with solstice. Like, it seems like the equinox would be a better time to do something or right at solstice. Like, why aren't we hunkered down in our blankies? Just like, why would you give up carbs in January? it's no it's just for sure a, that's
0: gaslighting
1: yourself <laughs> right and the other thing is I have never been one about traditional milestones like I didn't I tried I didn't do a baby book for Riley I tried I started one I
0: have a and box of all the things I actually had a hard kid. time
1: um When I was looking for a baby book, I had a hard time finding one that didn't have like a four-page spread, the glorious day of your birth. I'm like, listen, (laughs) look at a super traumatic birth experience. And I'm happy to write a little bit about it, but I'm not going to like our celebration is we both got out alive. That's the celebration. I'm not gonna have a four-page party and most of the books are like that. Like who came and this and that? I'm like, listen, you were in the NICU, oh. I was in the ICU, I almost died. I you know, like I don't know if I almost died, but I was very sick. And you
0: were super sick, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um it
0: was very hard to find I started one. to understand why. Some animals eat their young. Like That was the
1: story of your birth. (laughs) But I never, so, and also it just feels like an obligation, but I am weirdly sentimental about other things. Like I have inside one of our cupboards in the kitchen, there's a yellow piece of legal paper and it's got all these foods written over it and it's taped up and it's crinkled on the edges. It's starting to dry and curl. And it's the, when I was introducing new solids for her, every time I introduced a new solid, I would write it down. Cause you're, you do that to track allergies, right? Like she tried oh. pears and then you don't yeah, introduce anything that. for a couple more days. And then if she has, you know, a stomach ache or she breaks in a rash, then you can look and be like, okay, the only thing we introduced this week or whatever was pears or rice or whatever. I cannot okay. bring myself to bring that, to take that down. I can't bring myself to take it down. It's <laughs> so cute. It's so sweet. And that's the kind of stuff I'm sentimental about. Like I'm sentimental about I don't know, whatever strikes me. So I don't like to be told this is the end of the year. Now complete your year and get started. I'm like, it's the middle of winter. I don't want to. Plus,
0: I mean, whether or not you know this, you're basically, well. we've talked about this, I'm sure. You know, that's the experience of every adoptive parent. Like you want to mark their life, but you don't have a lot often of those beginning stories. Like, well, I'm really sorry when you were a little, your mom was a meth addict. So yeah. that's what fills the first two years of your life horror and chaos. Do you really want the 18 box file from DHS about that? Like, probably not.
1: Yeah. And um, schools are starting to get, we're just, I don't even know what we're talking about. Who cares? Um, schools are starting to try to be much more inclusive where they don't do a lot of this is what I did on my summer vacation. Um, give this to your mom and dad. They'll instead say, this is for your grown ups you know, we're having to play and you can invite your grownups. And because most kids have a grownup, right? I mean, there are kids who are 14 or 15 who maybe are on their own, but at that point, but um, working on that more inclusive language. And even uh, I was reading something that in a history class in a, in a high school history class, they were doing like, where did your family come from? You know, mm-hmm. America is a, is a country of immigrants. <laughs> Let's research and talk to your, and one woman, one girl, a girl, she wasn't a woman at that point, 15 or 16. She's like, I don't know where they came from because they were kidnapped and brought here and enslaved. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm laughing not at the fact of that, but at at like how bold she was just telling her teacher, like, this is a dumb assignment. This is not the right. same assignment for everyone in here.
0: No, but there's still history you know, to be looked at in, in all those places too.
1: No, for sure. But it's still, it's not it, the assignment is right. More like traumatic. where they
0: came from is yeah. Right. You don't want the assignment to be traumatic, but I also think, I don't know. I feel like we're detaching. See, I'm maybe a little more protective of some of those things. Like, I think it's lovely to say, take these to your grownups. Like we're being more protective of children and people who should be protected. Right. Like it's, it's really lovely. And I still like, there's kind of, um, I think there's like a loss of some of the norms and some of the sort of, I don't status quo for lack of a better way of putting it. And I think that there's an impact from that too. And that makes me sad on the other side of what I'm happy about.
1: Mm. So I don't know if I want to open this whole conversation, but oh God, let's just go back (laughs) to talking about the patriarchy. Let's just start talking about, uh, wiping our butts with water. Um, (laughs) no, but you're, so you're, you're, you're scraping at a conversation, which is like, we're, when you say the status quo, it never was the status quo for everyone. And so as I know, but
0: when there's like a social, a bigger picture, social status quo and holidays and all those pieces, like, I don't see other countries that I've experienced doing this, what we're doing in the U S and nobody's that doesn't appear to be as traumatic to, or they're as much of a need for so much protection. I don't know what that's about, but I like those. I like the, I like the sort of pegs that are just sort of cultural.
1: I don't understand what you're saying. Like summer
0: vacation. Wonderful. You weren't. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. No, vacation. it wasn't. What'd so... you do on
1: summer vacation? Wonderful. So what'd you do on Christmas break? Fantastic. That, that, but what they were talking about is like, those used to be a lot more about like, where did you go and what trips did you take? And for some kids, like I worked or I stayed home yeah. because we couldn't go anywhere. We can't afford to go anywhere. And so it just highlighted, um, it wasn't the same assignment for everyone is really what it is. So like, okay. instead of writing, patriarchy. <laughs> but I mean, you could do the same thing about like, where's something, someplace you would like to go someday, or um, what's one of your favorite memories or, you know, something like that. So anyway, but you can't just queue up like let's talk about the patriarchy. I don't know. like there's like, I mostly group. just want you to talk
0: about the guy and the story from Reddit. I really like that's what I really want to talk about. All right.
1: So you want me, want me to tell the story I told you, which is fine. This is an awesome story. although it has kind of a sad ending, which is it it looks like this guy deleted his Reddit account. So we're never going to get delicious closure. Um, that's really traumatic. And
0: this is the kind of stuff I want reporters to, to get into report on this is what I want to read when I pick up the New York Times
1: you know what's so funny a lot of articles now are just people going on Reddit and then writing an article about what they read on Reddit and it's a little annoying actually um, like Riley and I had something go a little viral on Reddit and these a couple places just gamer websites wrote it up and never talked to us they just like went on Reddit saw the post read all the comments so you'll right. see headlines like The internet is telling this woman she was right to tell her husband you know blah blah (laughs) blah and then you look and it's just someone found a reddit post and just wrote an article about the reddit post it's just so dumb right um okay let me see how much of this i can remember because not only did his account get not only is his account gone but um the posts are gone too because i went to read you the one and it was gone and i was devastated Um, so I'm, I, I follow, I'm getting radicalized (laughs) by one of the subreddits I follow, which is called anti-work. Um, and it's a little too far left for anybody really, but for me, definitely. But a lot of the stories really need to be told because people are coming there to tell their kind of like, um, I don't know if you want to tell your story on the podcast of like, what, well, I'm putting you on the spot now.
0: You can always Um, tell my story on the podcast. Well, like how you
1: got exposed to COVID at work.
0: Oh yeah. That requires too much other storytelling, but I will tell that story later.
1: Yeah. The point is like, so people are coming on and telling these stories like, and, and during COVID I got pressured to come into work after an exposure. They're like, we have this big customer meeting, super important customer meeting. Like, fuck you. I got exposed to COVID. I'm not coming to work. I'm going to expose everybody else. Well, it's really important. You know, we've been planning this for a year. I'm like, okay, but COVID had other plans. So suck it. Um, right. But anyway, so people come on, and there's tons of stories of like ridiculously abusive stories. It, it,
0: it really but what does really it really mean anti? What does anti work mean? They really like mean- you just like, hate work. Nobody I know. should have
1: to work. That's I mean, bullshit. they they are actually like very much the 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 founders of the subreddit are very much like communist. Like, let's get, let's get rid of all of the capitalist system. They hate landlords. Like there's a lot that I don't agree with. Um, And they have a lot of things conflated. Okay. I'm going to squirrel here for a second. They're like anti-landlord, but I think what they have, what I think is that's dumb. Number one, but they have conflated a service, which I think is an incredibly valuable service, which is temporary housing Mm -hmm. conflated with the way it's done in a lot of places which is abusive and is exploitative like what's happening right now where these giant conglomerates are going and buying up all this property and they're just driving the price up so people can't buy homes like yeah mm-hmm. there's something shitty about that but like I can think of times and seasons in my life where I didn't want to own property like when I was a student I didn't want to own yeah. property and when I relocated from Michigan to Maryland I didn't want to own property in my first couple of years. I didn't know where I wanted to live or if I even wanted to stay. Oh yeah. I mean, we
0: certainly don't want to own property in Salt Lake city. I mean, at this point, I can't imagine that that's going to change, but I might surprise everybody. But right now, I mean, we would never, we need to, we are living in Salt Lake, but I certainly don't want to like be that rooted where I'm going to buy a house in Salt Lake. And I think there are creative. I, this is totally just go. I was going to go down this little rabbit hole. I'm going to do it anyway, since I started yeah, do it. like we, when I was, when we were thinking about where to live, there's a plate, there's a company that um, essentially like you have a virtual residence, you have a physical residence, but it's not ever anywhere. So they have all, they, they, per, they rent or however they do it, apartments all over the country. And then you give notice, like in two weeks, I'm going to go be in Austin instead of Salt Lake. And, and you can either ship, ship, you know, your stuff, take some of your stuff. You can take your cat, like, but most of your stuff is like none of your furniture and none of that kind of stuff, because it's a really lightweight kind of lifestyle. And that totally appeals to me. Like yeah. I never have to think about, am I going to rent an Airbnb for three months? Or am I just going to, you know, hop on here and rent a place? And I love that idea. I don't think they've um, it didn't actually end up working for us in the situation like I think they have some bugs to work out but I love and, and not just as corporate housing but as more people are becoming less attached to their space or owning property or you know there's going to be more and more hybrids I think
1: yeah that's almost like a timeshare model like um, like the Disney timeshare model where you technically own a piece you actually own some piece of some whatever but it translates into credits where you can stay you know, here, there, wherever. Yeah. It's but you of- don't
0: own in this one anything. You're literally just renting, but on kind of a month to month basis. But they've created a fee, like an umbrella where it feels like I'll always have a place to jump. You know, like I can yeah. always just move and I have the same, I don't have to reapply. I don't have to, like, they've removed some of the process from having a more, um, what do you call it? Like a pied de terre kind of lifestyle.
1: Yeah, pied de terre. Um, and so I think they're way off on that. Like, I, And I think it's just because they have conflated like abusive landlords with the, with the service. And there's tons of those, right? Like when you look around our economy, there are a ton of super valuable services, many of which are delivered in exploitative or abusive ways, but we don't want to get rid of that service as a service in the economy, like temporary housing. Right. Right. I mean, (laughs) one of the
0: problems with a lot of the conversations is like, there's, it's such an immature conversation. There's, there's just outrage and there's like, our economy is like a 3d chessboard at minimum. It's so interwoven and there's so much complexity, but we also, when we just look at solutions, like if we were just looking at housing and landlords and you know, all that stuff and all the laws, and there's a lot that's not unfavorable, that's really unfavorable for landlords also in a lot of States. Um, and so there's um, like we conflate everything and we go, well, fuck that. And then what happens is if you pull out that pin without looking at the fact that that's connected to 15 other things that you actually want. And that's what happens in a lot of, in a lot of countries. And then a lot of economies that make giant pivots is that they start pulling or, or when we just legislate, you know, one, one thing we don't like um, without dealing with, giving the freedom to create enough of something else
1: yeah like we we bring non-systemic solutions to systemic issues all the time because systems are saying that so nicely <laughs> that's what I was System, saying systems thinking is hard um
0: like I can and not everybody's good at it I mean I really sometimes feel like hey moron you shouldn't be allowed to make that decision if you can't obviously see that if you do x you won't have x as a result dumbass
1: yeah, right. Like, like I can think of two examples right off the top of my head. Um, one where excellent. there was a solution where people were complaining about it because they didn't have systems thinking. And then another one that actually caused a huge amount of problems because of systems thinking, because of a lack of systems thinking. So the first one is when, um, when EBT, uh, uh, food stamps basically, Oh, I was like, be, is
0: this like Black Entertainment? Sorry, no, not, like, it's not
1: EBT. It's whatever, <laughs> but they have an EBT card, whatever. Food stamps. Okay. When they first started allowing food stamps to be spent at fast food places, there was so much outrage. So many people were so like, I can't believe this. That's bullshit. Um, but what they're not thinking about is that was partly to support the homeless. And people who are too elderly or mentally ill to be able to cook for themselves. Like there's a lot of elderly people who cannot, I mean, this happened to my grandparents, right? Like they were able to stay at home for much longer than most people would have because they had cereal and sandwiches. And then my dad and and my stepmom would bring them dinner. So my grandma set her kitchen on fire twice. And then they said, (laughs) okay, no more cooking. I mean, you laugh, but it wasn't funny. Like she, it was really scary. No, I know. I'm Um, just
0: laughing about my teenager lighting the kitchen on fire. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah.
1: So she lit the kitchen on fire two times. And so then she was banned from cooking, but they were able to stay home because they had cereal sandwiches. And then my dad and stepmom would bring, um, bring them dinner every night. Or sometimes my grandpa would sit right there while my grandma made an egg or something like that. Cause she would walk away and she would forget that she had something on the stove and then catch on fire. So um, for people like that, for people who are homeless, who don't have any kitchen facilities or people with mental illness, whatever, like that was really life-saving ability to give people food in a way that worked for them. Like you, so people who think about their own life and we all do this, right. We all think through our own lens Mm -hmm. Um, and we could talk about that. We never, we haven't, still haven't talked about that. Invisible women where all kinds of systems are designed not for women because the men designing them don't understand the lives of women, but people sitting, you know, being outraged at home with a refrigerator, a stove, they don't live in a food desert. They have a grocery store within a couple miles. Like there's lots of people mm-hmm. live in food deserts. So anyway, so there was outrage and that outrage was because they didn't have systemic thinking. Like they didn't have systems thinking. Like there are a lot of people who aren't served by the you can buy groceries with your food stamps, period. So that's one. Right. And then another one, which was even more controversial at the time, was when, um, when the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage, right. they didn't legalize gay divorce. And <laughs> that didn't cause a, really, a problem right away. But within a couple of years, it caused a really big problem because there was now a federal mandate for um, gay marriage that states had to do but divorce was still done at the state level. Mm-hmm. And so there were people, and I remember reading an article about a woman and she was married, her, she was married to another woman and there was something abuse, abusive. I don't know if it was physical abuse a financial abuse. There was some kind of abuse and she couldn't get divorced. Um, and that was, that was a partial solution that like when the, when they made that ruling and pushed that through, someone should have gone wait hold on we also need to figure out gay adoption gay custody gay divorce gay inheritance like all those things because they left so many people vulnerable like this woman was trapped in and they eventually figured it out I don't know how but they had to go through so much because the system right and
0: that's part of how we don't address we don't address the I mean it would have taken three people with any kind of a brain five minutes to be like, and morons, we're going to need all these pieces in place, but we don't, that's not how we make those decisions often.
1: Right. Like, and, and especially because we're States. Um, So like, I remember a few years ago, I say a few, it was probably 20, 15 or 20, a bunch of States were coming out with covenant marriage. Do you remember that? No. So it was a special kind of restricted marriage license where, you agreed that basically no fault divorce was off the table. Like you could only get divorced <laughs> if you right. had, you know, adultery or abuse or whatever, but basically no fault divorce. And th- that was supposed to be, it was mostly States in the South Bible belt type States, right. but it was just posturing because the state you got married has nothing to do. W- it's the state you live in when you want to divorce. It's their divorce laws that dictate like, Eric and I got married in Michigan um, because we wanted my grandfather to marry us and he couldn't travel anymore. So we flew to Michigan. So our license is in Michigan. And then we lived in Maryland and we live in Arizona. Michigan's divorce law has fuck all to do with if Eric and I decided to split (laughs) up, right? We would be bound by Arizona's divorce law. I mean, That happened when No Fault Divorce first came out and Nevada supported it and nobody else did. People all the time flew to Reno and lived there for six weeks established residency and then got a divorce like it was just posturing because marriage and divorce laws have nothing to do with each other it's kind of funny right um anyway so that was there, there's those are my two stories about sy- systemic thinking um, okay now tell the reddit guy story all right i'll tell the reddit guy story um so and then anyway. i'm gonna go home and
0: well I, can't, I was gonna say i'm gonna go home instead of my bidet but that's not <laughs> true it's too far away yeah that's part of why I won't install
1: one, right? Is because then like pooping away from home would just be this misery.
0: I do have to say like, I understand the general thinking about bidets and pooping, but I just like my bidet for the washing the girl parts. Mm. I don't really, I don't feel like my butthole's that dirty. I don't know. Why don't mm. you just get a handheld <laughs> <shower> head? <laughs> because that is not what I'm going, it's not the same Lynn.
1: <sighs> All right. continue. (laughs) Anyway, so I agree with you that a lot of the attitudes and opinions in this subreddit are, are to, there's no nuance, but I mean, it's the internet, right? So I don't think like, gosh, I'm really in the mood for a nuanced conversation. I'm going to go to an anonymous forum on the internet so that I can have a nuanced conversation. Like that's not a thing, right? That's not why I go, but so mostly it's people telling stories, just ridiculous stories of um, and one thing I do like is a lot of, a lot of it is younger kids coming on and saying, this is what's happening. And or older adults oh, sh- going, no, 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 no. That's, are you in the U S that's hundred percent illegal. Do this. Like I'm in the UK, somebody else will pop in. Okay. In the UK, it's illegal for this reason, do this, you know, these older people helping these kids. Right. So anyway, this guy posted a story that he worked someplace and he didn't really elaborate where he worked. Obviously, you want to keep it all anonymous on Reddit, but he um, talked about he was working at a place that did, it sounded like they did a lot of compliance. Um, I don't know if it was tax compliance or accounting, whatever. But he was doing, um, he was working at this place and he was in some kind of IT role. Um, I don't think they had software so much as they had like tools and scripts and procedures. They were kind of cobbled together. And he said okay. many times he had gone to his bosses and said, I need to train. There needs to be more than one of me. You know, I've made this manual. I've compiled this manual and I need to train someone to do all this. And he said, his management even said, oh, we would never do anything to lose you. Like, there's no reason for you to train or replace, <laughs> me. which is dumb in and of itself. Because what if this guy gets COVID or gets hit by a bus or whatever, or right. Has to move away to take care of an ailing parent. Like there's a- murders his boss and has to go to jail. Yeah, there's a million reasons. So they refused. And then he said, I always take off. I don't know if it was always, but this year he was planning to take off. He works a ton of hours. He's going to take off between Christmas and New Year to spend it with his kids. He said, I put the vacation in way, way ahead. So this is when I'm going to take it off. And then at the beginning of, Jan- of December, they, or no, a little before the beginning of December, they took on a client. Who had some kind of end of year thing that they were out of compliance i don't know the details because he didn't say and they were facing a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine if they didn't get whatever done and, and so they took it on last minute and he's like okay but they need to get me this stuff by such and such date because i'm going to be off between christmas and new year okay Which this year would be like the 27th through whatever because christmas was a saturday um and then they, the cu- client didn't do it, didn't do it. Let's call the client Bob's Burgers. So Bob's Burgers didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. Finally, it was too late. And his boss comes to him and says, um, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I can't give you that week off because Bob's Burgers need, we need you to work to do the Bob's Burgers account. And he says, Well, what about my vacation time? And his boss, and he said his boss even swallowed hard. He says, Well, our rule is use it or lose it. So, You'll lose your vacation <laughs> also. <laughs> which is like Oh,
0: right. So oh. I need you to not work on the week you requested off. And if you agree to that, we're still going to take your vacation.
1: Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't use your vacation in 2021. So you're going to lose it. I know you said you wanted to take it the 26th through the 31st, but, um, you can't, and we're going to go ahead and pocket that, which is just,
0: there such bullshit.
1: um, and those, I don't know how those policies are legal. I don't know how, because I know in a lot of states, uh, PTO, like vacation time is considered an entitlement, which means if you leave your job, they pay it to you. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how a use or lose policy is even legal. Like, whatever. Right. A lot of places won't pay your sick leave, but they'll pay your vacation. So like if you quit a job with four weeks of vacation, they'll pay it out.
0: Right, they can't, right.
1: Yeah, so- He says, uh, can I get an exception? So he's even considering coming into work, you know, be a team player. And they said, I asked HR, no exceptions. He says, okay. (laughs) So he was writing this before Christmas. So he said, what I did is I wrote a resignation. I set it on a, you know, a timer and to be delivered Monday. So he resigned, <laughs> but he wasn't going to send the email till Monday. So that's the end of the post. So of course, like there's thousands of people going, please, God, come back on Monday and tell us what happened. And tell us what happens, right? Please, please, Santa Claus. All I want for Christmas is for this guy, to <laughs> his post. So um, Monday rolls around and he posts <laughs> this text exchange with his boss Which is one of the ones that got taken down because apparently screenshots of text exchanges are only allowed on Sundays. Whatever, just some real weird (laughs) rule. But oh my gosh, it was so like most of the comments were people saying things like "Please stop." My dick can only get so hard, and I can't (laughs) take anymore. This can't be real. (laughs) I just can't. So amazing. So he gets a text from his boss on Monday that says, all right, you made your point. I got your email. You made your point. Um, You can have today off as long as you let us know by three o'clock what time you're coming in tomorrow, Tuesday. And he says, I don't think you understand. I quit. It's like, come on now. So it starts out kind of like, all right, Joe, I don't know what his name was. All right, Joe, we get it. You're upset. You're right. I'm going to see if we can, you can have today and then we'll roll those four days over and you can take a few days off. And then, um, now at this point, it's all about Bob's Burgers. So they're like, you need to come in and do the Bob's Burgers account. You know, we need you to come in and do that. And then somewhere during this, and I don't remember at all, but somewhere during this conversation, it comes to find out some of their daily operations now are screwed up. So at this point, up till this point, it's all, we need you to work for on the Bob's Burgers account. But during that conversation, some kind of daily operations gets screwed up. So then the the conversation gets a little more frantic. Like we just got this CVS file. It's corrupted. So-and-so tried to follow your instructions. They can't. And now they're doing whatever their ops is. There's some kind of penalty. And he's like, we're getting, well, if we can't get this done, we'll get fined $1,000 per hour per state. That was the quote, whatever that means, (laughs) some kind of compliance thing. So now it's switched to daily operations. And he's like, everything you need to know is in, you know, my manual. They're like, we can't figure it out. And so he says, like, here's my deal. I will come I back made right you now. A
0: manual. I took the time to foresee how. I mean, I created like not only did like you could have just this is a I mean now I'm going I can't even talk it makes me so crazy. I know. I, I took know. the and, time to do my job like ten times better than you even required or thought it was ever going to be necessary. I went to all this detail like. Nobody who's ever made a manual isn't like, "Wow, that's a lot of work." Or even just recorded, "Here's how you do what I do for the next person." It's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, and they didn't even ask him to do that. And and I begged you to let me train a replacement, and you refused. (laughs) Not even Ah, a replacement, a backup person, a helper,
0: a backup. Right? Like
1: this. Like what if this guy? What if this guy hadn't quit, but he was just in the hospital or too sick to come to the phone or on a ventilator, like? A million things could have happened.
0: I still like my scenario the best, but yes.
1: What's your scenario? I missed it. That he murdered
0: his boss and then he was in jail.
1: Ah, yeah. Right. So, um, so he says, okay, here's my deal. And I might be getting this all out of order. I will come back right now for $80 an hour guaranteed through, you know, you have to pay me at least six months, six weeks off vacation. You know, that that's my deal. Oh, oh, oh they said, we need you to come back. Name your prices. Like, okay, here's my price: eighty dollars an hour, six weeks vacation. You give me at least a six week, con- a six month contract, the guys. Like, right? That's ridiculous. Even I don't make that much. Name <laughs> <So he's like>, your <laughs> name your price. Means name, yeah. name
0: your price, moron. Yeah.
1: Name your price. Guy names his price. It's like wrong. It's like, okay. okay no. So then they send him a text. So now it's like, answer your phone. You're not answering. Your mom's not answering either. So it's mostly all just like this, this complete diatribe your down the left. Hand. Your mom's not answering. I'm sorry, your wife, your wife, your wife. Your wife is not answering. Yeah. Okay. But, um,
0: <laughs> that might've been a Freudian slip line. We're going to let you get away with that.
1: Well, so most of it is the left-hand side. And there was a couple comments where people accused this of being fake, but I have worked at places this dumb. And yeah i think
0: this has a ring of truth to it I yes really and there
1: was too much detail about like corrupted cbs files and or CS. and even or... if
0: it's made up it's still made up based on enough reality that i'm it's good fodder for conversation i
1: i have worked at places where things would have gone yeah. down like this for sure
0: i feel like corporate gets so asinine so asinine it's bananas.
1: so they're saying all down the left you're not answering your phone your wife's not answering either so then he texts, don't call my dad anymore. You- oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you only have my number because, um, because, uh, uh you have- he's, he's an emergency contact, He's emergency contact. You have no right to contact him. Don't talk to my dad anymore. And so then it gets, it's getting more and more hysterical on the left. Cause remember now a thousand dollars an hour, whatever's happening. And he goes, Okay, I hope you're happy. We just incur- incurred nineteen thousand dollars worth of fines, and that's what goes towards bonuses and salary raises. And now no one's going to get that, and it's all your fault. And we're going to make sure everybody knows you did it. Which you is did. which is ridiculous. Ah! So, we, and they go, okay, here's your priorities: fix the dailies. Work on Bob's Burgers, like this list. And he's like, I don't think you understand. I don't have any priorities. I don't work for you anymore. I don't work for you. You crappy
0: people. And so
1: the guy's getting more and more hysterical. And so then this guy goes, Okay, here's the deal. For $10,000, I will come in, I will fix the dailies right now, and I will show someone else how to use my manual so that. Basically, I'll help you get your right, daily operations. It's not operation. that
0: hard, right? right? I'll give you
1: what you need. Yeah. Right. So they just paid $19,000 in fines. Presumably only one hour went by because 19 <laughs> is a prime number, right? Right. So that's, so $19,000 an hour is the fines they're facing. So he goes, okay, for 10 grand, I'll come in this minute, this second, fix it and show you how to fix it going forward. They turn him down for that too. They're like, don't say, oh, they go, okay. So for $10,000, you'll fix the dailies. You'll finish the Bob's burger account, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm not working on <laughs> That's Bob's not burger what I said. at all. Oh. And they're like, I don't know why you think you're worth this. So now they start abusing him, right? I don't right. know who you think you are. Like, um, I'm the guy who's gonna keep you. So they they flat out refuse. So they're facing, this is what I can't understand. Nineteen thousand dollars an hour in fines. They won't pay this guy ten grand to come and fix it. Like,
0: right.
1: what the fuck is wrong with you? He can just have him walk through the door. Saves you nine thousand dollars. So why would you not do that? No, they refuse. And so basically, that's where it ended. And then the guy deleted his account, and now no more updates. So right, because everybody was like, "Tell us what happened." Yes, please. <laughs> but the he comments was probably
0: went, getting recruited by like eight hundred people. Like, we need the kind gosh. of
1: person like you actually are to work for us. Uh, Yeah. It's just, but there's so much to unpack in that story about how abusive they were at the beginning, like how unreasonable, like they didn't, they had no boundaries with the client when they said, we'll take your, they took a last minute account. Oh. And there was also a line where he said, um, you know, basically tried to blame the guy you're the one who put in for the last week of December without finding out what our workload was going to be in December. So you gambled and lost basically blaming him for running afoul of the user. Like, like then how would anybody ever take that week off? Right. Like you should have basically saying you should have used your vacation earlier in the year. That's why you're going to lose it now. Right. How dare you You use your vacation when we said when you asked the, and we approved it. You're the one who waited to the last minute to use your vacation. You didn't know whether we were going to need you that week or not. How dare you? Which is such bullshit anyway. So they didn't set any boundaries with that client. That The client dragged their feet. Because if the client had just turned in their paperwork on time, none of this would have happened. Right. None of it. And so,
0: not only that, like all the little parts, but the bigger pieces of like, I mean, obviously there's a real lack of integrity with the company that they would have taken this kind of responsibility and then not managed it in a more complex way because there's a huge lack of integrity around that.
1: Yeah, those thousand dollar an hour fines with no backup person, what the fuck? Yeah, but but
0: I think it goes to show like that we we continue, like you you talk a lot about like money not going to the top and I'm not, I actually love when money goes to the top But I think money is best, like that we're not paying people in the middle for what they're, like, how do you talk about it? I was going to say, like money's all going to pay investors, money's all going to, like, it's not staying where it's being generated as much as would benefit an economy.
1: Yeah. Well, you're, I've never once said not having money go to the top because I don't. No, no. I I was talking about
0: like just the different distribution of it, but I use my own language, not yours. Yeah. I was going to
1: say like, that's words in my mouth, but this idea that, um, well, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed right now with this idea of people extracting value that doesn't belong to them. So like the student loan crisis, for example, a, a college education. No, 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 no. We do not have time for that. Today. No, no, no. I'm just using this as an example. A college education oh my God. is worth a certain amount of money. Like when a person gets educated, those skills generate more value and colleges raise their prices. And then um, places who gave loans set up these like predatory loans who can't be paid off because they're getting now a bigger chunk. So it used to be a fair exchange where a college is like, this is the price for your skill enhancement. And then that's what we'll take because we're providing the skill enhancement. The skill enhancement is worth $25,000, for example. And then the person gets to take the skill enhancement and then create value through their whole career. But somebody somewhere figured out like, oh, wait, this person's labor is worth so much more now after they get the skill enhancement and they're taking it, they're scooping it off. Um, and that's really what bothers me is like, And it's the same as when we talk about doTERRA, when there's like middlemen coming in and being like, here's a place where I can extract value just by through force basically in some of them. And I feel the same way about toy scalpers who go into Target, buy all of the inventory, create their own scarcity, and then double the price because they haven't contributed anything to that value exchange, like nothing. I mean- a long, long time ago, I bought some oils from New Zealand that are only available in the New Zealand market. And that woman sent them to me basically at her cost. And I would have been happy to provide her extra money because she provided value to me. She went somewhere where, I, because my alternative, right, would be to go to New Zealand, set up a New Zealand account, buy it, bring it back. So she actually provided money. But like the person who's going to Target buying all 30 palace pets that are on the shelf, and then doubling the price, they've done nothing. They've contributed no value. They've actually like stolen value from the market chain. So that's really my, like people extripping. I'm, I'm with
0: you that it's not like that specific example doesn't add anything, but I don't know if I agree with you that it stole value.
1: Well, I mean- Like you
0: make a leap where I'm like, mm, there's where you, that conversation goes.
1: I guess it's that. So the little palace pets that I were talking about were these little $5 toys. Disney figured out, Disney came up with this great idea that every princess had a little pet and they came out with a quote free app that ended up costing us like, I don't know, $150 when all was said and done, um, maybe more than that. And so like Cinderella has a little puppy named Slipper, or whatever. They were just these little $5 toys, but people were going to Target and buying like the whole shelf of the toys and then charging $10 for them. I, I maintain that that $5 is very close to stolen if not straight up stolen i mean maybe stolen is the wrong word but like extorted i mean i think it's just a lack of no because extortion
0: has to do with like something i mean extortion again is too long of a word because you can live without the damn toy like you are like if you choose to participate in that economy then you're participating on the other end there's a whole conversation but and i refuse i don't think there's like that economy doesn't interest me But it's not, I'm not as outraged, like the point where like you just take it one step further on the outrage of it being like, yeah, it's it doesn't interest me any more than, you know, the conversation we had about Vegas. Like I'm not interested in participating in common meat where women are sold, you know, like I don't want to do that.
1: In the palace pets, maybe I'm going too far, but when you think about frankincense where they were buying way under, no, I totally agree with you
0: in that sense. That, well, also that's it that. went went beyond that too yeah
1: yeah because like because frankincense... we're
0: looking we have to look i believe that to evolve the marketplace to the economy or and, and to evolve ourselves as human beings we need to look at how to bring value from the places that we're getting value that's a really just that's a different approach but i don't know if it's an issue of um you know like evil or whatever like it's just a, simply a matter of our economy can't sustain the kind of self-interest because I don't think we're designed to be that self-interested as human beings.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether it's evil or not, that that's a moral that's philosophy, not really, yeah, conversation. But I mean, and there's degrees, right? Like, I think the people. Who were going into Somaliland and getting frankincense way under what it was worth that is evil and they were using violence and they were using threats of violence right because um, then we're
0: in a different conversation right like they right. could have brought value
1: but the and palace is, pets is like that person just being a dick but they I know but then rain. i
0: think you could go on the other extreme where you're like but if you're buying those from those people that keep those things those kinds of extortive as you called them processes going then you're the same you're in yep. the same boat
1: Right. Which is why I refused. Riley had to go. We had to find another potty reward. It was very upsetting because she had had either slept through the night or gone on the potty, whatever it was. And we went to get one and they were all sold out and it was very, very upsetting, but there were plenty of them available on Amazon for double the price or eBay for double the price. And I just hate those people. They're dicks.
0: No, thank you that's a good lesson. Like we don't value, we value this thing, but not this way of participating in it. So no, it's a good lesson.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Okay. But back to our original back story the and then we have to wrap up at some point, but that process of extorting value from this, you know, from your employees and running inside a system that doesn't even look like they didn't even look at the value they were extorting to start with enough to even value it. Like, we were starting on this value. It worked for us in this manner, but we didn't even look closely enough to like treasure or value what the person was given. And they couldn't even course correct in the middle of the process. Like, right. Whoa, we screwed up. Let's just get through this. Like they couldn't do it. And it's, that's what happens when we get locked into putting something in front of what we're really committed to. And that's why it's so important for companies and leader I mean, for leaders, especially to be really invested in what they're committed to because if you don't spend the time and energy to do that there's no reason not to get locked into a system that sucks and we have of course like 50 more podcasts about this topic like like
1: whatever whatever service they were providing you can tell they don't give two shits about it as a service right like we, whatever they were out of compliance with, right. Whatever they were helping someone be in compliance with, they didn't give, right. There wasn't a lot of
0: commitment to that to start right,
1: with right. because you have
0: to value the people participating. If you really value what you're generating,
1: but they also, they also didn't do anything to make sure that it got delivered no matter what.
0: So right. like,
1: um, I am certified with the life coach school. I've received a lot of training through their, um, their self-coaching scholars where you can sign up and get coached. And in order to coach with them, I believe this is true, or maybe it's only the teachers. I don't know that you have to have two internet providers. You have to have backup internet. And I went, um, I was in a, there's another coach, a weight loss coach who I love, Corinne Crabtree. She's awesome. Um, We were watching her like kickoff of the year, her goal setting kickoff of the year. And she's like, listen, you guys, I've got three internet providers and I've got a generator so i will be here no matter <laughs> who ready else is here yeah. <laughs> and that shows how committed she was to delivering what she was delivering mm-hmm. because she had thought of now her house could catch on fire her house could get right, flooded right, she's going over and above you know the generator could explode there's still things that could happen but she put in like four layers of failure she would have to fall through four layers of failure, three internet providers and her, her electricity would have to go out. Three internet providers would have to fail and her generator would have to fail before her, her podcast, her webinar wouldn't get delivered. She's committed to her webinar. She's not committed to the 50 bucks a, a month that everyone is sending her. She's committed to delivering that value. And because she didn't have to do that webinar, it wasn't even part of what was purchased. It was like an extra whatever. So you get the impression from this place that has one guy who knows how to do it, refuses to let him cross train, refuses to pay, make sure he's not stressed because apparently he was working tons of hours too. They were not committed at all to what they were delivering, not at all. Right. Because they they didn't dedicate anything to it. They were committed to the customer's paying, which is why I'm sure they took that last minute, you know, I'm sure they didn't think, Oh, Bob's burgers. If they go out of compliance, that'll be some impact into something I'm committed to. I'm sure they're like, oh, that'll be a nice juicy end of year revenue. Um, right. If,
0: when it's just about the money, it's not really about anything.
1: Yeah. And then, and also they were going to extract that out of this guy, not being able to take the last week of the year off. Like they didn't have to sacrifice. They weren't going to pay him extra. In fact, in fact, they were going to pocket his vacation, make him work, not pay him any extra and get that huge extra project done. Yeah. It, it's bullshit, which is why so many people were saying, stop talking. I can't get any more hard. My dick is going to break. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Because it is like, but we, I think there's so many, really there's so many other stories because it's really just a story about the system that yeah, too many things inside the system. And it's just a good example, but
1: yeah, and there's a huge revolution happening right now. Um, like the great resignation, they're calling it from 2021. COVID really like put us, on, put us in a pressure cooker around a lot of different things. And so many people have quit their jobs in 2021. I did. And COVID, yeah. COVID really- Yeah, just- people and
0: employers I are mean, going, why don't people want to work? That's a whole nother conversation. We can't go and down any more rabbit holes. No, we it's have the same to-
1: it's but the same uh, conversation. No,
0: I'm just saying like, no, no, we could talk about that conversation additionally for several podcasts. Like we can't start oh, yeah. in or there'll be another 15 minutes and then it'll be, I mean, we're already going very long.
1: Yes. So I don't know what to call this podcast because we talked about all kinds of shit, literally and figuratively. <laughs> beaver. Just call it beaver. When you beaver. Don't know. Maybe it'll beaver. be all kinds of shit, literally and figuratively. And we'll just call it a day. I think that works perfectly.
0: <laughs> Happy new year.
1: <laughs> All right. And we'll see you uh, next time in the ladies room. In the ladies' room. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at a spacious life on Facebook, Instagram, and in clubhouse. And find
0: Allie at 5 billion entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram.